One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Good evening, Rush Nation, and welcome to the Dynasty Show. And what a show we've got for you tonight. We've got our wide receiver rankings coming up, and then we're also going to be announcing the winner of our Scott Fish Bowl uh, spot coming up at the end of the show. So if you have entered that, please keep watching and listening in to find out if you have won. So as usual, I have my co-host here, Dan. Dan, how are you? How are things going? Yeah, no, new job, new things. So uh, yeah, hopefully get some more time back on my side. So we're all good. It's good to be back. Always is. Great. Really pleased to hear that. And we have an absolutely fantastic guest for everyone this evening. We've got Carl Lindemann. He is at LuckIsMadeFF on Twitter, and he is a writer at Roto Baller, and he has been super amazing and kind to us today and has jumped on the podcast, and we are really appreciative that he's come on. How are you, Kyle? Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, I'm doing great. Or uh, I actually just got my Scott Fishbowl invite this week, so... And joined the right group as well, right? Pick slot. Yeah, I decided to go with 103. Fantastic. So and which uh, division that. did you go for? We got last year's champion there, Hannah, just to let you know. Um, I think it's the Red Robin division. I think there's actually like four, there's four people in the Ooh. UK in it, but there's nobody else. So, so some UK friends. Maybe they, maybe they let, there's a affiliation to Robin Hood or something, or maybe their names are Robin. I don't know. <laughs> they seem to like it. <laughs> Sounds awesome. Uh, and so tell me what, who is your plan for the 103? Do you have one yet? Are you going to see how things? Um, it's probably going to be, you know, I feel like you get one of the three elite quarterbacks or you get Travis Kelsey. So, you know, you're going to have the third round reversal. So if you're picking at like the 101, you're going to have a really long wait. I feel like if you're at the 103, yeah, there's a little bit longer of a wait, but doesn't hurt you as much. So my thought is just kind of, you know, start out of the gate, get that elite quarterback or Travis Kelsey, and then you can kind of just let the rest of the draft fall to you. Now, I feel like last year we had like negative scoring. So it was like, it was really important that you like 
you know, even got a second quarterback. I feel like maybe this year I'm more willing to wait. Maybe I'm willing to wait for like Matt Stafford or something to be my quarterback too. Yeah, I mean, it did feel like the QBs were really important last year in Scott Fishbowl. And I was quite lucky. I had Joe Burrow and I had uh, Trevor Lawrence. And both of them did really well for me until the finals. When unfortunately Lawrence went off really early, obviously because they didn't need him. Um, and that scuppered my chance of being the champion, but so did Mike Evans. So it is what it is. <laughs> so, uh, shall we dig into our wide receiver rankings? So, obviously, we're continuing our series looking at our rankings and the different positions in Dynasty where we're kind of higher or lower than consensus and where we feel different players are either being over or undervalued. So uh, the thing that I'm uh, really interested first to start off with, Kyle, is really what your thought is generally on the wide receiver position in Dynasty. We know kind of more recently in best ball and, and redraft kind of leagues, we're seeing this shift from what was originally like a, quite a, a running back heavy first round, moving more into the kind of wide receivers is that something that you feel is really important in Dynasty and, and the wide receiver position is probably your kind of cornerstone position? Or do you have more of a kind of relaxed view about that and you'll kind of see what's available and around? I think, you know, it depends on the scoring, obviously, if it's PPR. You know, if you're in a league that starts three three receivers and then plus multiple flex, that's PPR. Probably going to place a little bit more emphasis on receiver. But like, if I'm playing in a super flex league, that's maybe half PPR. Maybe you only start two quarterback or two receivers. I'm maybe not prioritizing as much. I typically tend to prioritize quarterback first, especially because I like to play super flex more. Um, and I was actually doing one with industry people, and it's funny you brought that up because I picked at the one oh. 108 and got Trevor Lawrence and then came back around at the 205 and like Dak Prescott was still there and I took him and then with my next pick I took Tyree Kill and then I traded back to kind of get some extra picks and in the fourth end of the fourth round it got uh, Devontae Adams so I think it just depends on your build you know if you're going to maybe play the long game you know you definitely want to load up those receivers early but I th yeah I think it just depends I think maybe one of the biggest mistakes people make in dynasty is like not knowing their windows, like letting expensive running backs like die on their roster or depreciate on the roster when they're not competing. So I feel like, you know, it really just depends on your strategy. Yeah. I mean, the, th the thing that I struggle a little bit with, um, particularly in dynasty is taking many running backs early. Usually, you know, the, the kind of elite players, I will certainly be kind of, quite happy to kind of select particularly kind of the younger ones you know looking at your Brees Hall uh, you know Bijan kind of players but in that kind of next tier I just really struggle to find value taking them kind of there when there's other wide receivers that I feel potentially are are going to give me more points for longer and they're going to hold their value so I just find in startups I really struggle to kind of if I'm if I'm not getting a Brees Hall or Bijan, you know, kind of these really elite top tier players, I, I struggle to to click on the running backs just because I know how quickly they can depreciate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I think it like just depends what the rest of your league is doing. You know, if they're gonna if they're gonna start gobbling up running backs early, then I might pivot. But like if we're getting to round three and it's like no one wants to draft a running back, 
maybe we're past that like tier two of wide receivers, then I think I've, I feel like I want to take one, but yeah, I agree with you. I am probably a little higher on consensus than most when it comes to Jameer Gibbs. He should actually be close to like the dynasty running back three, in my opinion. So he's someone I'm really willing to take early. I feel like, you know, he's really going to shine this year. So I think that's someone that you could take, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a really interesting point, isn't it? Because at the moment he isn't really being drafted as a ring back three. So if you value him like that and he's obviously falling lower, then you are actually taking him potentially at a value and that's only going to rise. So you can either obviously have him on your team or, sw- or sell him for more than you paid for him, um, you know, and get some other players or, you know, other value on your roster, depending on kind of where you are with your team. So, I mean, I think it's, it's a really good point. Anything else you kind of want to add there, Dan, on wide receivers in, in Dynasty? I think it's good. Like, so one person whose content I really like is Ben Gretsch. And he does a lot of different things, but he always likes to do in the off season. He always likes to do a future, uh, you know, first round draft. Like how, how, mm-hmm. how is the 2024 draft going to look and like do a first round mock in terms of like who you think people will take, you know, in those first 12 picks a year from now and try to target guys who, you, you know, you feel like are going to rise in value, but are definitely not going to lose value. So I think it's like you look at the running back landscape. It's like, I still love Christian McCaffrey, but he's getting up there in age. So when is he going to start kind of falling down? I feel like this is kind of a make or break year for Jonathan Taylor. So, you know, I don't think it's unrealistic to think that a year from now, the Gibbs could be the running back too. Yeah. It makes total sense, doesn't it? And again, it kind of just helps you think about values of your players that you're selecting in your startup and can that rise and can you potentially have more value out of them you know going into next year versus where you've taken them this year anything extra you want to say there dan um on wide receivers yeah i'd just say that i think we've been spoiled it used to be a wide receiver second year or third year breakout um in recent years we've been kind of spoiled with the quality of receivers entering the draft which has seen this this kind of sea change into dynasty startups taking wide receivers early on. Um, my approach, yeah, in a dynasty startup, providing the draft goes, as you'd imagine, super flex, I'd like to lock in an early quarterback, one that's going to be good for a long time and know that that's set. And then, yeah, I'd be looking at those back-end tier one, tier two receivers and trying to get a couple on my board early um, and kind of put that to bed. And then I can rotate and play. I can pick up waiver wires if needed on, on running backs and other positions. But lockdown wide receivers and a, a solid QB for a long time um, at the outset and you should be in good stead I feel. Yeah and uh, it's another thing where I, I kind of think that potentially it's kind of easier with the running back position to potentially cobble it together within a season you know um, once the running back starts doing well if you feel like you were you know in a, have a competing team you can potentially go and trade for them um, and then you can kind of bring that together where it's a bit more difficult in wide I think with wide receivers people just don't want to kind of move off them if they're doing well or you know they're you know particularly if they're young so I do think it's easier to cobble together running back position um, than it is the wide receivers but kind of moving on to rookies like you mentioned Dan obviously we've been really spoiled the last few years in which these high-end rookies have been entering the league and we've been seeing quite a number of wide receivers going in kind of the top 20 obviously this season 
we didn't quite get that, you know, the first wide receiver coming off the board at pick 20. So, Kyle, I'm really interested to hear where you have ranked these rookies kind of within your general wide, wide receiver rankings um, kind of since they've been drafted. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe people didn't, you know, like the situation. I still, you know, got Jackson Smith and Jigbo wide receiver one, probably somewhere around the wide receiver 20 range. Uh, one I'm doing, he did go in the third round. So maybe a little higher than where I would be comfortable taking him. I feel like I'm good in like round four. You know, I don't think that he's got, you know, like Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson upside for year one, but I think he's, I think he's the potential's there. Um, he should translate very well. I think people are a little bit worried about the landing spot, but like I've been trying to have this conversation with people. I think it was the Seahawks ran 12 personnel, like, most or second most in the NFL last year, you know, for our, and for our viewers, that's like two tight end sets. Now that they have JSN, like it's going to be mostly three wide receiver sets. So like, it's going to be a complete change instead of worrying about like how the passing pie is going to be divided up. Like we have to look at it. Like JSN is going to grow the overall pie for everyone. Almost kind of like how Tyree kill did last year with Miami and kind of like how Jamar chase did two two years before. So I'm not really worried about landing spot. I think he'll be just fine. Obviously I've got him wide receiver one, two. This is kind of an interesting debate because I think most of us were kind of Jordan Addison ahead of Quentin Johnston, but I feel like that has changed a little bit because I feel like Addison's upside may be capped because Jefferson and Hawkinson, like, and I was having this conversation with someone yesterday. It's like, if we're expecting Addison to out target Hawkinson, then Hawkinson's overvalued. But like, if we're expecting Hawkinson to out-target Addison, then Addison's being overvalued. So one of those two players, and not to say Minnesota can't support all three, but it's just typically not a bet you want to make. You know, I actually think I've got Quinton Johnson wide receiver too, just because I feel like there's more of a path for him. I feel like he's kind of a better version of Mike Williams, and I feel like he's going to step. He should step in right away and play. I feel like Mike Williams is the guy that's going to be hurt the most from that. And uh, Zay Flowers, wide receiver four, I'm really intrigued by him. I think he fits Lamar Jackson's skill set well because he can play in the slot. And Lamar's an elite passer over the middle. And Zay is very good at, like, breaking in and out out of routes and, like, kind of ad-libbing on, like, a broken play. I feel like he will be really good at, like, getting back to the ball, maybe when Lamar's out of the pocket. So I, I, I like all four of those guys, but then I feel like it gets a little dicey after that. I shouldn't say dicey, but it's our our rankings are all over the place in terms of who's wide receiver five and six and all that. Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting, isn't it? And I'm I'm quite intrigued um, as to your thoughts on this Baltimore kind of wide receiver room, mainly between like Bateman and Zay Flowers. Like, how do you if both of them are healthy this season? How do you kind of envisage? Um, you know, this this playing out between the two of them. Do you think one is kind of going to eventually outplay the other and become basically the wide receiver one? And do you have an idea who you think that could be? I like Flowers more because Bateman does not play the slot. He plays on the outside. Odell Beckham is more than likely going to play on the outside. So I think those two will maybe hurt each other a little bit. They're kind of, you know, I kind of like maybe them more a little bit more in best ball where I feel like they've got an opportunity for spike weeks. Like I could see Bateman having like a four and 90 and two one week. And then the next week he's going to be like two for 20, you know, 
I feel like Zay's going to get a little bit more consistent volume because he works the middle of the field, which is where Lamar's really good at throwing the ball. So I'm definitely more Flowers over Bateman. And Bateman's someone who I like the talent, but like he's struggled to stay on the field the last two years. He did have a list Frank injury, which was kind of undisclosed. And like a lot of times that's like a 12 month recovery time. Like that was what Najee Harris had last year. That's what Travis Etienne had the year before when he didn't play. So that makes it very hard for you to cut um, when you have to list Frank injury. So I know you said in a perfect world when they're both healthy, but yeah, I'm still leading Zay Flowers. Yeah. I mean, uh, from what I've heard from kind of mini camp, it sounds like he has been struggling to do anything. He's had these steroid shots in his foot and things like that. So I think he is still struggling with that injury. And of course, like you say, that then even op opens up kind of even more of the targets, um, you know, to potentially float to, to Zay Flowers. So I have quite a lot of him from my uh, rookie drafts and I'm, I'm hoping he, he does hit because as I say, I just seem to be in a spot where he seemed to be the value each time. Um, so I'm hoping that, that he that he does hit. Are there any of other kind of um of wide of these rookie wide receivers that you kind of think these potentially have sneaky upside or they are someone you're targeting a bit later on in your drafts? Probably Marvin Mims Jr. because He's versatile. He can play inside, outside. He averaged over he averaged twenty yards of reception last year at Oklahoma, and Denver, as we know, had like limited draft capital, and they actually traded back up into round two to get him. So, I think that tells us a lot. Like Jerry Judy, they did pick up his fifth year option, but they've been shopping him. They can get out of Tim Patrick's contract relatively easy after this year, as well as Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton kind of is disappointed ever since he had that ACL injury. So the Denver room is crowded, but like you got a new head coach and I think Mims does have sneaky upside. I really like his game. So he's one. And then another guy that I feel like the community has completely given up on is Josh Downs. And I think that things are going to be maybe a little murky in Indianapolis because it got a work that offense. I am bullish on like Anthony Richardson long-term, but like, I don't know how he's going to be his rookie year. So that's going to make things, you know, complicated. So I feel like people have just completely bailed on Josh Downs. And I just feel like he was a good player that kind of fell into the third round. Yeah, I agree. And Alex Pierce hasn't really lived up to that wide receiver too in Indianapolis, has he? So there's a proper route to, to snaps there for, for Josh Downs. Yeah. I think people are scared of that, that, kind of dual threat quarterback aren't they and how that's going to damage the wide receiver room but ultimately you know just because you can run doesn't mean that you're not going to throw obviously people are nervous that he potentially is not kind of that well-developed passer yet but he is ultimately probably going to find chemistry with someone and, and why not you know Josh Downs mm -hmm. yeah I mean I feel like if you're in a dynasty draft and you take Bryce Young you know, 103, 104, you come back at the 203, 204. Like I would probably take Jonathan Mingo just to get that stack because Carolina doesn't have a first round pick next year. So it's going to be a little bit harder for them to like add to the receiver room. And he doesn't really have a whole lot of competition right now. So I think he's a little more raw of a prospect, probably someone that's going to come on more in the second half of the season or year two. But he does have some sneaky upside. His metrics were pretty impressive. I remember you know, Daniel Jeremiah during the draft process was kept saying this guy was going to go higher than consensus. And, and he did. So 
Kyle, can I ask your opinion on the two guys that come out of Tennessee? Because you had Tillman and Hyatt, and I'm rather high on one of them, on Cedric Tillman. I think Tillman's a better receiver. But the injury, I think, last year really give Hyatt a chance. And in the later part of the season, uh, Hyatt delivered, to be fair to him. And I think that's really shot him up on recency bias. Yeah, I mean, I, if you look at Tillman, so back in 2021, he put up, I believe, 352 yards on Alabama and Georgia that year. I mean, he just murked them. So he, you know, he's kind of big and fast. He was injured last year. He probably should have gone pro after 2021, to be honest with you. I think if he would have gone pro, he would have gone at like the end of the first round, maybe early round two. So he definitely fell. And I, I, he's someone I really liked. I was definitely more Tillman than Hyatt. Hyatt, they really, really schemed open a lot of times. Like, the Josh Heupel offense, they did such a good job. Like, especially that game against uh, Alabama, they had Hyatt like running downfield against a safety like two or three times, and he just absolutely put the safety in the dust. So, I think you know, Hyatt is very fast, doesn't really necessarily do a lot of the other things that you want. You know, he doesn't, he's he doesn't move side to side as well. He's not as great with a contested catch. So, you know, I was talking with Ian Hartitz and I said, I think this guy is going to be, you know, he's either going to be Deshaun Jackson or he's probably going to be out of the league by 2025. I think Jalen Hyatt is like... What is it? I mean, I like Hyatt's landing spot at the Giants. I think it fits. They needed that player to stretch the field. So I think that fits for Hyatt. I just don't see him being as long-term relevant as Tillman can be in Cleveland. Now, the Browns wide receiver room is pretty, pretty full. So I'm not sure how that's going to work out. That would be my only question there because You're Cooper. Yeah, I have it again, you don't take too much out of minicamp, but the murmurations where oh they're really impressed with Elijah Moore. Mm. They think he's doing a great job. He's been the standout. Now, right. you know, whether that actually equates to on the field play, you never really know, do you? But that would be my only question with Tillman. You know, ultimately is he gonna be the wide receiver three on that team now? If Deshaun Watson, you know, really ups his game this year and kind of gets back to how we have seen him previously, then maybe there still is enough, you know, piece of that pie for Tillman. Um, the one thing I have heard also is that Hyatt was really running with the kind of third stringers in minicamp. And I might, again, that might just be you're a rookie, you have to work your way up. But how much, how much would you take, you know, on board, kind of that kind of thing or would you wait until training camp and be like right where is he in training camp so hard to say because he doesn't have as much competition in new york it's more quantity versus quality i actually do think isaiah hodgins is their best receiver he so that's the receiver that i would be going for at the end of drafts like he really flashed at the end of the year um he was pretty good in college and then he got hurt and then he was on Buffalo's practice squad, then they cut him. But, like, he's got that history with Brian Dable. So oh, he's a guy that I really like. Um, not the flashiest guy, but he always gets open underneath and he always seems to move the chains. So I think Hyatt is definitely more of a wait and see because especially if I'm doing best ball drafts, like what I'm trying to do is, especially if it's underdog and I'm in rounds like 15 to 18, I'm trying to avoid as many goose eggs on my roster as possible. Like I don't want the season to start and like so much of my best ball rosters are drawing dead with guys who are either like cut or they're on the practice squad or they got injured or they, or they're just buried on the depth chart. And I feel like Hyatt is one of those guys that, you know, he either could be awesome as a rookie or like, he's just not going to play. 
So I just feel like there's a ton of risk there, but I certainly want some exposure. Yeah, hundred percent. And it kind of feels less risky in your rookie drafts, right? Than kind of potentially in your startups or whatever, where you may be paying kind of a, a higher price than as usually was going about a second round rookie pick, wasn't he? Um, Knowing and in that, you know, we're not even necessarily expecting a lot from a second rounder anyway. So if he busts, he busts. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see how those kind of those two play out over the course of the season. Um, so continuing to look at our rankings, um, looking more generally, uh, Kyle, I'm just interested to know kind of which players have moved up your rankings the most this off season. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Moved up. Hmm. I think that's been tough because I feel like we haven't really seen guys really going up that much. I'd say for me, it's more guys I just feel good about staying in that like kind of second tier, like your Amon Ra, St. Browns, your Jalen Waddles, your Chris Olaves. I do like Garrett Wilson. I do feel like maybe he's potentially being overdrafted in Dynasty. Like I know it's like some people have him up as like the wide receiver three, wide receiver four, and it's just like, man, I can't put him ahead of CD Lamb at this point. I feel like CD Lamb's still pretty a rock solid wide receiver three. AJ Brown, heck of a player. He's kind of the wide receiver four. I'm maybe a little worried about the volume because like once you got to the second half of the year last year, like his target share with with Devonta Smith was like neck and neck. So, yeah, I think that second tier guys, Amon Ra, Waddle, Olave, I feel really good about. Possibly Brandon Ayuk because his uh, splits when when George Kittle's not playing are is pretty pretty elite. So. He's a guy I really like, but I don't, I don't, we haven't really had somebody just completely just jump up the board for me. Yeah, I think that's probably uh, the wide receiver position is one of those where you, you have probably fewer players that kind of do those big jumps versus maybe some of the other positions. Um, but yeah, I I think it's really interesting what you say about the, the tier two players, and, and I agree. My only question mark or question I have for you is, is actually around Amon Ra. Obviously, at the moment, um, basically, there's not. They obviously drafted Jameson Williams to kind of be an extra body and hopefully kind of be that kind of X, you know, stretch the field kind of type guy. And he's going to be out for six games. So we know that that's great for Amon Ra. But ultimately, if and when they kind of beef up that wide receiver room a bit, do you think that will hurt Amon Ra? 
um, a bit because some of his play is dedicated on on volume. Are you so, oh, were you talking me or Dan? I'm sorry. Either of you, really. Oh, I, th I was waiting for Dan. Sorry. Sorry, I'll go then. Hold on. Excuse me. That's what I had to sneeze. Uh, Eamon Ra, for me, yeah, early part of the season, he has got no competition at all in that offense there. Um, I'm not a big fan of him anyway. Um, sorry, hay fever's kicking in. Uh, I'm not a big fan of him anyway, but he is delivering and you can't argue with that. Can he do it if he's the only receiver on the field? I'd have thought so. Um, for me, I've got him hovering... Let me have a look. Where have I got Amon Ra? I've got him around about 18 on my rankings. So probably a lot lower than most people, if I'm honest with you. Um, yeah, I'm quite surprised actually he's that low looking at it. <laughs> where, where, have you, where have you got him, Carl? I uh, got him in like wide receiver seven. I just feel like he's someone that's just been overlooked his whole career. He just, he's a, target hog like he just demands targets and like that's the number one thing i'm going to chase and i feel like detroit's defense is still not good so there's going to be plenty of games they're going to have to keep scoring he's got the chemistry with golf he you know he was banged up a little bit last year but you know i'm on raw is like i said you know he's not always flashy he's not always you know he's not going to have the 50 yard long touchdown because he plays the slot he kind of you know he's, he's he's a lunch pail guy but he's so consistent like every week he's like eight for 80 you know, and like in a managed league, you know, if I'm going to get eight for 80 and touchdown like every other week, that's what I want. So, and especially for best ball too, he's kind of a high floor, you know, you kind of want a mix of those high ceiling, high floor guys. And it's like, he's got such a high floor every week. So I'm, I'm definitely all in. Yeah. I mean, like you say, he's been commanding targets, hasn't he? Pretty much ever since he got on the field. So I suspect he, he can and will carry on doing that. Do you have anything else to say, Dan? Any players that have moved up your rankings this off-season? No major moves. As you said earlier, it's a little bit more steady and gradiented, uh, I guess. I, I'm probably not as high on Garrett Wilson. Well, I have him in Tier 2. I've got him a couple of spots behind most people, I think. I'm waiting to see how that relationship with Rogers quite works out, first of all. Um, but other than that, no, I... They're pretty set, I think. I'm Armin Ra was someone I am a lot lower on, and that's just personal preference for me. And I'm probably wrong looking at it, but I'm a, I accept that. Um, no, nobody else really in that top 20, 30. I don't think there's a lot of differential uh, across a lot of players. Certainly not any big moves either way. So should we look on the flip side then? So who has moved down your rankings the most this offseason? So move down yeah i would say george pickens like i don't understand why especially in redraft he's going above deontay johnson when you know he was number three in targets last year like he got out targeted by fryermuth and i and i do like george pickens i just feel like he's kind of a bigger bigger like outside x type of receiver he's going to make some nice plays down the sideline but his profile doesn't necessarily translate to someone that's always going to get consistent volume so, you know, it's important to remember the difference between fantasy and real life where I feel like Deontay Johnson is just such a target hog. His, he profiles so well. He's got that connection. So I feel like he's going to get so many targets. Yeah, and I would say Jamison Williams because I'm just a little worried because he, he was injured and he didn't really look that great last year. So I'm kind of concerned. 
but obviously if his value keeps going back down, I'll probably go the other way. And then I'll say Mike Williams. Like we're talking about a guy, I believe he's at 28 or be 28 soon. And they can really get out of his contract after this year. I think that, you know, Quentin Johnson is probably going to replace him. He's kind of a guy who's been hurt. So definitely not as not getting much Mike Williams at this point. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with all of those, to be honest, like George Pickens is my, yeah, I would stand on a soapbox on that one because I keep seeing it again and again and again in Dynasty, like you say, and, you know, best ball redraft rankings. I just don't understand why George Pickens Because he made one really good catch. I, I just do not get people's it. Eye, right? And they remember that one. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think people get excited about that kind of thing, don't they? Um, also, I think that the Steelers were just pretty horrendous last year and I think people didn't really watch them they just looked at the kind of box score they looked at the highlights and saw George Pickens doing all these cool things and Deontay not doing anything and they kind of made their decisions from there do you have uh, anyone else yeah, that's moved Moore. down for you uh, for me PJ Moore we've said for many years is just crying out for uh, a QB he's great talent needs a QB uh, I think he's gone to Chicago and a lot of people have crept him up in their rankings. Um, for me, went down. Justin Fields barely throwing the ball twenty times in a game last season. Uh, I don't think that can sustain a fantasy relevant DJ Moore. Not where he's being picked at. So I, I think, yeah, I think this might be an interesting conversation because I think I may have spotted that. Kyle might say that he is actually higher than consensus on DJ Moore. So I think you two are uh, on op op opposite opinions yep. there. Kyle, we should draft together. We can both have whoever we want. <laughs> yeah, I think we're we're worried. Of, well, I, so we can't argue that DJ Moore is a dynamic player who's probably been dealt like the worst hand of any wide receiver in the last five years when it comes to quarterbacks. So I think we're worried about what the passing volume is going to look like for Chicago. But I do think if you look at the RPO element, they're going to be running some RPOs because they have a mobile quarterback. He's going to be, you know, he's got three reads. He's either going to hand it to the running back. He's either going to run it himself or he's going to throw a quick pass. And, you know, that primary read on those RPOs is going to be DJ Moore. So I'm fine with DJ Moore or Fields, it's the rest of the offense that I don't know I really want much exposure to. Yeah, I mean, when you kind of look at it, that there is no one else really there. Like Chase Claypool, he's already not been at minicamp for whatever reasons, I think personal issues or, you know, nothing to do with being injured. Already that gives me a red flag. Um, you know, everyone wanted two seasons ago Darnell Mooney to be something, and even when there was no one else on the team, he still couldn't kind of be that guy. And I, I, I just don't think there is anyone else there to really come on targets. I just go back to ranks on here. I'm looking at fantasy pros right now. DJ Moore is ahead of Godwin. He's ahead of Pittman. He's ahead of Judy. He's ahead of Debo. All these guys are within a year or two of each other's age. So age isn't factoring into it necessarily. I can't see DJ Moore outscoring any of those guys over a season in fantasy. Well, if you're, I mean, uh, if you're not bullish on Justin Fields, then I agree with that assessment. If you don't think that he is going to take the next step, then I really wouldn't want to invest in DJ Moore at this point because if it doesn't pan out with Fields, he's probably going to be stuck with a rookie quarterback again. <laughs> 
Jules is a QB I'd happily roster in fantasy. I just don't want to roster the guys he's not throwing to. <laughs> yeah, I would say another guy I'm higher con- than consensus on, Jahan Dotson. I mean, he was really good last year in limited time. I think we're, you know, we're a little bit worried about how the quarterback situation is going to land in Washington, but like it wouldn't surprise me if he ended up with more targets than McLaurin this year. So he's a guy I like. And then I'll say Sky Moore. I feel like the dynasty community has just completely given up on Sky Moore. He's going so low. Like, I don't think we realize how tough of a transition it was for him going from Western Michigan to an Andy Reid offense. I mean, that is like as hard of a transition as you could possibly have for a rookie because Andy Reid's offense is so complicated. And Sky Moore is not facing like NFL defenses when he's playing in the Mac. So He's someone I I think we need to keep an eye on for a year two. I feel like he he definitely could be that guy. Guy Moore's currently wide receiver fifty eight. Sat just behind him is another one I'd agree with that I really like uh, is Wondell Robinson of the Giants. I do think that is someone that could really grow up this year as well. Yeah, I really like him too. He's definitely got that dynamic profile, mm. and he was great with Will Levis in twenty twenty one. I think I'm just worried because he's coming off that knee injury. So like, yeah. how's that going to look? Other than yeah. that, I'm, I'm all in. Yeah, wide receiver 59, I'll take it. Yeah, but I, I, I think it's like I was never really that in on Skymore, to be honest. But at that price, I mean, it's why is it, you know, it's totally worth taking a punt, right? I mean, we don't know out of this wide receiver core who is ultimately going to come out and command the most targets. And it could quite easily be Skymore this season. So I would certainly play a wide receiver 58 price to find out. Um, you know, I, th- I think everyone. Everyone got felt like I think they got burned by him last year, so they'd like totally off him. But they'll happily take Rasheed Rice, who we have no idea kind of ultimately what he's going to do in the NFL. You know, I just find it really interesting how people kind of sometimes make their decisions based on last season, but that doesn't necessarily mean that equates to future production, you know. But it means it gives, means it gives us some values, right? For sure. Yeah, without complain too much. For sure. So Dan, who is who who are you higher than consensus on? Well now Robinson's one I just mentioned. The other guys that are falling and it's because of change of quarterback, and I'm gonna get accused of being a homer pick now, is I still can see Godwin and Mike Evans being relevant. Mike Evans has come off nine back to back years of a thousand yards, and everyone's going, he's downgraded quarterback to Baker Mayfield. He has. Baker Mayfield's still better than Josh McCown, Mike Lennon, Ryan Griffin, Blaine Gabbert, Jameis Winston. And Evans is still delivered every year with those guys. So I'm still expecting him to stick up similar numbers. I I feel a bit nervous about Mike Evans, I have to say, this season. Personally, you know, at some point, the cliff potentially has to come. And the way... Yeah... and just kind of the way that he commands targets and things, I, th- I think it could come quite quickly when it does. But, you know, I, yeah, I'm less in on him on Dynasty, I have to say. I'm, I'm less keen on, on Mike Evans at this point. I'm, I'm less keen on pulling the trigger, to be honest. There, I don't know what your thoughts are on Mike Evans, Kyle, if you have not Yeah, I, do, I mean, Godwin's definitely the one that I want. I feel like Godwin's, Godwin's kind of a, a wash because – he last year he was kind of rushed back from that nasty ACL injury, so he wasn't completely healthy. Yes, he's got a big downgrade at quarterback this year. I think that's evident, but but he's healthy, so he's a guy I'm fine taking. You know, I feel like his ADP's gone down enough. 
Um, you know, Mike Evans, probably, you know, someone I maybe want if I'm going for like an older team that's going to win now, you know, I'm fine with. But other than that, he's not someone I want to be left holding the bag on. Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, my um, kind of wide receiver that I am hiring consensus, we have kind of already chatted about him, but it's um, it, it's Deontay Johnson. Um, as everything that we've said. So I totally agree with that. So the Bengals fan loves one Steelers receiver and hates the other Steelers receiver. Yeah, well, I think that's fair. Um, <laughs> Kyle, I understand you might have to dash off uh, yeah. very shortly. So just before we go, if you don't mind, we'll, I'm just going to quick, quickly ask you a guest question and then ask you to leave us one for our yeah. next guest, if you don't mind. So we do this with all of our guests. Um, our previous guest, Kev, he's of the Fantasy Wildcard here in the UK. He posed a question to you, which is, when do you think is the best time to make a trade when you're a contender? And when do you think the best time to make a trade is when you've got a rebuild? And are they the same or are they different? Oh, they're very different. So if you're contending, I think it's better to do it over the summer versus at the deadline because you might get stuck paying a premium. Um, I think now is probably the easier time to obtain 2024 rookie picks because people aren't as like focused on it. And I think people kind of feel let down from the 2023 class a little bit because it was hyped up so much. So if you're a contender, I want to add guys now, maybe be a little worried about trading for running backs because they can get, you're kind of exposed to like two and a half months of injury risk with camp and stuff that if you trade for a guy right before the season, you don't really have to take that injury risk on. Um, but if I'm rebuilding, I definitely, it's probably easier to do it at the trade deadline because you're going to find someone that's hungry. That's trying to, you know, push for a championship, but it's tough. It's tough with running backs. Cause like you get stuck holding them for too long. Then what if the guy gets hurt, you know, knock on wood. So it's definitely a delicate balance. Yeah. hundred percent. I totally understand what you're saying. Would you mind leaving us a question for our next guest next week? I mean, it can be anything to do with fantasy, dynasty. Oh, a question. Yeah. And you don't know who it is either, which is even more interesting. Who will be... Let's see. Ask him who, who will be the dynasty tight end one in 2024. Ooh. That's a good question. That sounds like a really interesting... Dynasty question. tight end one. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I really appreciate you having me on. It was fun. Yeah, I, I got to yes. run upstairs no, and take, take care of my kid. <laughs> Thanks, Kyle. Super quickly before you go, anything you want to plug to our audience? Uh, no, just uh, I know we all want football season to be here, but enjoy the summer. Enjoy the weather. That's what I'm doing. Enjoy being outside and do your homework. Enjoy those Enjoy those best ball drafts. <laughs> Thank you yeah. so much, Kyle. We really appreciate yeah. it. Awesome. Thanks, yeah. Awesome. Thanks. Good hanging time. with you. And I'll uh, hopefully see you in the chat. And you tell I'll see you in the threes chat. Yes, buddy. See you there. See you, Kyle. Thank you. Yep. Bye, man. Bye. Cheers. So thank you so much to Kyle. Really appreciate awesome. him coming on. And obviously you can find him on Twitter um, is at luckismadeff. Um, you may have been expecting two um, guests today, but unfortunately um, our second guest couldn't quite make it. But don't worry, we will get him on another time. Reschedule. So guys, before we finish, we do have our Scott Fishbowl 13 draw to come for the spot that we were kindly given by Scott Fish to... Um, 
to, to kind of draw. So, Dan, you have the wheel, don't you? I do. I'm just trying to load it up now. Can you confirm you can see that? <laughs> I can see that, yeah. Awesome. So we have 74 entries. It was a like, a retweet, uh, a reply of a gift of the player you feel will increase most in dynasty value between now and 12 months' time. Some really interesting answers. I think some people took it incredibly seriously. Some people did not take it seriously in the slightest. Uh, we didn't care. We just wanted you to put the effort in and do a gift. So uh, we shuffled this a few times. Hannah, here we go. SFB 13 spot is winging its way to... This feels like an incredibly long spin. It is. It did, didn't it? Let's get in there now. Who have we got? Oh. There we go. We have at the big BLR on Twitter. So uh, hopefully you're watching, you saw it come through. If not, we will be dropping you a DM shortly to be in touch. Congratulations. Indeed. All right. Fabulous. Well, thank you all very much for joining us um, this evening. And until next week, keep rushing. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life pretty litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 